Welcome to the F1 Review Podcast, Series 1, Episode 17, and what will be the last episode of Series 1. We've come to the end of another Formula 1 season, guys and girls. That was horrible. Um, it's the season review this week. Um, <laughs> What's the matter with you? It's the season review, because that's the name of the show. It's called the F1 Review, like review. And yeah. why did you say guys and girls like that? <laughs> Well, 2020, uh, and what a season it's turned out to be. A season, personally, I didn't even think would get off the ground after the cancellation of the first race at Australia. We all got there, they cancelled it, we all went home. I mean, I was always at home, I didn't go. But um, here we are, nine months later on from that, having, I think it's better to say, a calendar of races. I don't think anyone could have predicted Um and so in today's review, we're going to be looking back at the bigger picture of the season and discuss some of the major turning points uh, of the season itself. Um, now, if you've been a long-time listener of the podcast, which I know many of you have been, um, you've been listening from day one, you know that last year we did a season review where we went through a two-parter season review where we went through every single race of uh, the 2019 season. We started in the first race, went from Australia to Austria, I think it was. Second one was Spa to Abu Dhabi. Um, we're not doing that this year because instead of this year, what we did is we did an episode of the podcast on each race. Uh, we didn't start in Abu Dhabi. Um, imagine if this podcast was just a yearly event <laughs> where we just went through everything. God, that would be I'd argue that it'd be better for mine and Ruth's friendship if it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but no, today instead, um, we will be um, going through all the big news from the season and looking forward in anticipation for what will be coming in 2021. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Miss Ruth Buchanan. Hello, I'm uh, here. You've got such a fun name to say. And Reese Cable, not as fun, but so nice. What an idiot! <laughs> oh, get on with it. Cheers, right. Tom Lomas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start then, guys. Let's start. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. <laughs> Give me a sec. Come right, on, pretend. Just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> Uh, let's start out by looking at some news that we had before the season even really began in Australia, in Austria. Um, we had silly season come on very early this season. Reese needs to calm down. Turn out, turn um, we had silly season come very early this season because before the racing even started, uh, Ferrari put out a statement saying that Sebastian Vettel would not be continuing with them after this season. And that triggered some movement which has, I mean, completely changed the landscape of Formula 1 for 2021. Um, Sainz announced he'd be leaving McLaren to join Ferrari. Ricardo announced he'd be leaving Renault to join McLaren. And then, for some reason, Fernando Alonso decided he's 18 now and is a young driver <laughs> and would be returning from a two-year Formula 1 hiatus to rejoin his previous championship-winning outfit at Renault. Um I mean, to be fair, for, personally for me, driver transfers are some of the most exciting elements of a season. I always love a good driver transfer at race. I know you love a good driver transfer too. Um, and obviously, it's just got more complex and more advanced from there in terms of where people are going. Obviously, Haas getting two new rookies in. It's going to be completely different next year. Um, how are you guys feeling about how next year's grid is lining up? And are you excited to see it? Uh, Reese? let's hear what you think first. Yeah, I like silly season because it's a bit like the football, you know, like when it's like, oh, you could be moving to Inter Milan and stuff. 
Yeah. I just always, whenever I read a bit of news, I read it like uh, Jeff Stelling from Soccer. I always read it like that. And uh, and I broke up on my <laughs> top notch impression. You did a little um, bit there. We got a little bit of the however, impression. Um, thank you. It, it was good. <laughs> just trust me, it was good. Um, yeah, next, 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 next year's grid. Interesting. I feel like we, as in McLaren, as in as in we, have slightly got the better end of the deal. Mm-hmm. I'd say we've got a very experienced, very podium experienced driver coming in um, mm-hmm. who should fill the shoes of fill the shoes of Carlos perfectly. Yeah. Um, like I said in the last podcast, I'm worried about Carlos being lost at Ferrari and then losing his seat and then losing all of his hopes and dreams and ambitions alongside it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, I, I think Alonso coming back is very bad for the sport and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. <laughs> uh, and I think Bottas should, or Lewis, one of them should give up the seat for uh, for old Georgie Russell. For Jorge. And that, that's how I feel. That's I how I feel. Let's call him on the podcast. Interesting. Has though, really quick. Completely young driver lineup at Haas next year with Mazepin and Schumacher. Obviously, Mazepin himself has been in the news enough this week with a whole load of drama we're not going to get into. Um, what What do you think about that lineup in terms of just being rookies? What do you think? Is that a gamble or, uh, or what? Yeah, no, it's nice seeing just rookies. I'd prefer to see uh, a different rookie other yeah. than Mazepin. <laughs> um, and I think we can all agree on that. Um I feel like we just, as a group of the Rearview podcasters, um, it's not on. Get a grip, it's mate. Yeah. Ruth wanted his guts for gatters on Twitter, and right for so. I have to say, um, I, I'm so disappointed that he is still in the sport. I do not believe he should be. I think they should have much higher standards than they do. The whole point yeah. of the slogan they have at the moment, we race as one, should include women as well. And I don't know, I'm just disappointed that he's still allowed to even drive. But like I said, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> no. I mean, let's let's be honest. By by the time this goes out next week, yeah. um, a lot could have been announced to uh, replace him. So I reckon, I reckon the team of uh, Callum and Mick will do very well next season. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I will just quickly add that note in there that yes, this is being recorded. If you didn't catch our Abu Dhabi episode last week, right after the episode, Abu Dhabi episode we recorded last week, um, for timing purposes, we didn't have enough time to do it this week. So if any news has come out after this, um, then I might put in a little extra bit at the start or something, filling out extra news that has happened in that past Bonus week. Content. Bonus, Bonus content. Bonus content. Ruth, then your lineup next year, not your like the lineup not next mine. year. What do you think about it? Ruth chose it. I'm chose by Ruth. <laughs> I'm happy with majority of the lineup, and like um, Ruth just said, it would be nice to see Russell actually go to Mercedes. I also would have preferred to see Kimi Raikkonen leave. <laughs> and I would have preferred <laughs> to see Kimi and Big Tony leave. To be honest, I forgot that Alpha were even a thing. Yeah, they both need. Yeah, I, I would prefer Kevin. both of them to not be there and to be replaced. Um, I think Kvyat is a driver that I don't think should be leaving. He's mm. a decent driver. It's very good. But obviously, after the race at Abu Dhabi, he had um, his interview and he sounds like he believes he'll be leaving mm-hmm. and that he's happy to leave. He already has something else, from what I've heard. Another rare agreement with Reese that I have is that Alonso, why is he back? Yeah. For what reason? 
For what purpose? For what? For <laughs> what? <laughs> I think um, on, on your Kimi Raikkonen point there and also, Reese on your Callum Eilat point, I think Kimi is definitely someone that could have moved out of the way to give Callum that seat. Obviously, he's not going to have it next year. Callum Eilat's also said he's not going to be in F2 next year. I don't know what he's going to do. Really? It's a shame he's not going to be um, racing well, was... in F1 or F2, oh. though. So, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen is like that crusty hand warmer you get out every year. And Callum Eilat is like a brand new I'm sorry, one. your crusty hand warmer? <laughs> no, I just mean, you know when you get like the... <laughs> you know definitely the said that as a metaphor that more people would understand. And so far, me and Tom are right. lost, and that's two-thirds of the podcast. You can you... tell it's a shambles now. It's the, re- it's the end of the season review. We've gone you to know shambles. The ones, you know the ones that you can reheat in the... You put it in a in a pot and reheat right. it on the hub, and then it goes normal, and then you can keep using it. What's a hand warmer? It's like what is that. A hand warmer? It's like it a little. Your hands. Yeah, it's yeah. It's in the name. It, it's like yeah, it that, is. and Calamila is like Loves. a brand new one that is just waiting to be taken <laughs> out. That, it is crusty. That just has a, I, feel, I feel like that was missed here. I think this the, the but it's fine. <laughs> the 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 one you could have used is just yeah. Kimmy's old. Okay, it's like a Callum's brand new not. pair of shoes that are really nice. And Kimmy, why are you trying to use metaphors for it? Like just the so old old man. Callum's a, Callum's a new young lad. That's what you need to do. Kimmy's old. As, Callum's young. We should replace sure, them. As I'm sure any listener to this would know by now, this is a much more relaxed. Just sort of season review. We've all got a, a drink of non-alcoholic beverage and we're just kind of relaxing and just looking at the season that we've been through. Drink responsibly. Because we don't drink. We don't. I um, promise I'll stop using metaphors now for um, old men. Anyway, no, yes. No, for every every opinion that you've got, every bit in red, you've got to try to come up with a different metaphor for No, it. you need to relate it to a crusty hand warmer in some way. He is. He's, he just reminds me of a crusty a hand warmer. Right. Well, the, um, I've done it again. I've let you debate a topic about something but the facts are already there um the fia have now officially released next year's entry list so we can sort of get a feel for who will be in the seat next year hamilton is included on that list as being in the mercedes obviously he hasn't actually got got a contract yet it's been announced but on that entry list for next year hamilton's name is there at mercedes so we can assume that's gonna be there and he will have a new contract announced might have been announced already by next wednesday um, but as of right now, on that entry list, the only two teams that do not have a seat filled is Alpha Tauri and Red Bull. Um, and we, in the last episode, speculated a little bit about um, Albon's seat at Red Bull and who could be there. Well, a lot about who could be taking that, whether it be Albon or Perez. What we didn't talk about is who could be in that seat at Alpha Tauri. Ruth has jumped the gun a little bit in her little grid preview she gave a minute ago about Kvyat. This is what I want to talk about now. Um, at Alpha Tauri, who's going to get that seat? Well, Kvyat keep it, Sonoda steal it, or Albon fall back into it. What do we think? That Ruth, nice. you first. Well, Thank you. we already know that Albon won't take the seat. Mm-hmm. It's already been said by Horner that if Albon doesn't get his seat at Red Bull, that he will be a reserve driver. If I was Albon and that happened to me, I would go to another team and I'd say, I'm a good driver. I've shown I'm a good driver. Give me a seat. And they'd say, what are you talking about, mate? We've seen the results. <laughs> Sonoda, I feel like... It is a good driver, but again, not enough seats, not enough teams. He could have an opportunity somewhere else. Mm. You know, if Alpha Romeo had got rid of Raikkonen, Krusty Handwarmer, and <laughs> G over Nazi, then, you know, it could have been Isla and Tsunoda yeah. as teammates. That would have been such an interesting thing to have happened. True. But 
Um, yeah, I, I feel like Sunoda will get the seat at AlphaTauri. I feel like that's just going to happen. Kvyat already thinks it, that's what's going to happen. Mm. So, okay, Reese, what do you think then? Yeah, um, if you look at Kvyat's results from like the first ten races or so, they weren't good. He barely got out of Q three. Um, so I, I, I personally think it's right for him to be replaced because he, he really didn't have a good start this season. His end results were good, mm-hmm. but you know you've got to be consistent in this sport. Um, and yeah, it, it's not going to be Albon, so it's just going to be Sonoda. I think I think for me, I agree. I think it's got to be Sonoda's seat. He, when you look at Sonoda's F2 season, he's had a really good season. He came third overall was... in the championship, only one point behind Eilat in second. So he's had a really good uh, season in that sense. He, he was almost second in the championship. And we're saying Eilat should get in. If he's only one point behind, surely there should be room for Sonoda. Um, he's also one of the only young Red Bull talents they've got left, really. He's one of the only ones they've got left in that pool that... He used to be so vast. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, by next Wednesday, when, Sonoda might have that seat officially. So, When I dabbled in a bit of F2 for like the last few races of the season, Sonoda mm-hmm. was the one who was making the races exciting. Yeah, yeah. And that can only be a good thing. Because Definitely. if he's going to have a car that is very middle of the pack but can do stuff with, yeah. that, can, that can only scream good vibes. He was, he was literally the one who was doing all the best overtakes, doing the most risky moves. Some of them didn't come off as well. However, obviously, he's a young driver. He's going to experience stuff like that. But he, I feel like he's going to be decent. He's really exciting to watch. And I think, obviously, he is a Honda young driver as well. And obviously, there is that Honda relationship at Red Bull that is sort of well, it's going to be gone after next season. But um, I think it's exciting to watch still. And I think Sonoda is a really good young talent. And like you say, he's really exciting to watch himself. And in his, as I say, he's had a great F2 season. I think it would be great to see what he can do in the long term and, and hopefully he can achieve good things at AlphaTauri and maybe makes that maybe he's the one that replaces Perez at, at Red Bull. Who knows? Um we will just have to wait and see. Um now moving on again to our next topic of discussion. Um this season we have been treated to and honestly it is a we have been treated to because i think it's been absolutely brilliant to go there some classic formula one circuits have managed to find their way onto this calendar which i really don't think we would have expected we've seen Mugello, we've seen imola we've seen algarve in portugal nurburgring in germany and obviously istanbul park in turkey it, we've had some great races that i circuits i've previously you know loved to watch turkey being one of them coming back into the formula one calendar and obviously, unfortunately, they're not going to be there again next year, but they have been really good. And I think, like I said, it's something we wouldn't have expected or dreamt to have even seen in March when we went to Australia. Um, what have you guys made of the season with all these uniques and great circuits coming in? What did you think? You must have you must have loved them. What, what was your favourite one that we had this season? Um, Reese first. <laughs> you always do that. Look at Reese and then I'm like, oh, he's going to pass the Reese. And then, oh, no, Reese. Look um, at Reese. Check my notes. It's Reese first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me um it's been a nightmare mainly because you know the f1 the new f1 game like what's, what's the point of even playing it now? Oh. it's not even realistic what's the point release it come on code master release a dlc you've got the money from ea now just release a quick <laughs> dlc and be like these are all the maps that you miss um circuits not maps um however <laughs> it it was said that um uncle ted as always, Ted Kravis, uh, the one and only source for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was said that uh, he said in his notebook that Vietnam is still a TBC. Um, yeah. So apparently, and this is this is all Uncle Ted's words. Um, it's going to be confirmed as Portugal. Yeah. 
that's what it was being said. It could have been, I think it was said it would either be Portugal, Turkey, or Imola, I think, with the three. But as you say, Ted's now sounding like it might be going back to Portugal, which I'm all for. I think Portugal was a I good old race. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, was Portugal your favourite race then? Is that what you're trying to say? Out of, out of everything oh, yeah. we've had this season? I, th- I think so. I mean, it's hard to remember them from the names, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I would, I'd have to go through and watch the highlights from each race. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah, I, like, from what comes to mind, I think Portugal was the most exciting track on there. Okay. Ruth, what do you think? What was your, what was one of your top um, tracks? Um, I have to say Mugello is the most memorable for me mm-hmm. and one that I found the most exciting. Obviously, there was two red flags in that race. It was full of drama, yeah. full of, like, just so much stuff happened. That was a great race mm-hmm. for me. All of the other ones, though, I feel like this season in particular has been so good simply because we've seen so many different tracks that we wouldn't have seen before. We've gone to different places. We've had, you know, double-headed weekends. Yeah. There's just been so much, but it's it's genuinely been a good season, even if it was a Mercedes-dominated one. It was still very interesting. So, I agree. I think Mugello was really good. In the notes, I've got Mugello as my favourite, but you've just said it, so I'm going to have to try and think of something on the spot here. Um, I think Go I'm going to go for... for Portugal. Albon <laughs> got his um, podium there. He did, that's true. I, I think I'm going to have to go for Turkey, though, because that was a good race as well on a circuit that wasn't expecting Formula 1 this season. So obviously there was the whole resurfacing thing they had in Turkey. It was a slip and slide full of craziness, cars going off everywhere, Bottas. There was a dog. It was a great race. Um, and and I will I will just say, if you haven't have heard any of our podcasts on any of those races we just talked about, make sure you go and um, go back and listen to them because they were really good races. And I think, you know, we, we, we gave a review of them as we do every race pretty much, unless there's issues. Annoying Bahrain Sakia. Um, now, Abu Dhabi has just gone. And for the first time in this hybrid era, it feels. I think it's quite true. But for the first time in this hybrid era, Mercedes didn't look like the dominant team in a race. Um, so this is what I want to protect you guys next. Is this something we can look forward to seeing more next year? 60% of this season's cars, more or less, uh, Christian Horner said about 60% of these cars are making up next year's cars. You'd hope someone could take it to Mercedes next year. And obviously, 6% of the car that just beat Mercedes this weekend is going to be in that car next year. What do we think? Will it be a challenge at the top next season between Mercedes and Red Bull? Or is it going to be more of the same? Ruth, you first. (laughs) I mean, you'd hope that, you know, obviously after the week just gone, that Red Bull will be find it much easier they have more data to be able to take it to mercedes there's other teams on there who are looking really good mclaren renault racing point they've been much closer to the top i have to say they're not right at the top at the moment but they could push themselves to be much closer yeah than they are at the moment however i as much as it pains me to say this every time we do a podcast I I just don't think without anything like the cost gap or new rules or anything that Mercedes won't be dominant. I just can't see that happening. But there will be a cost gap. N- not next. No next, next year. Season. Cost cap next year. Not next no. season. Mm-hmm. It's it? only yeah. the cars that's been rolled back. The cost cap's still there. Yeah. Is it? Yep. Is it? It is. I feel like it's the season after. It's not. I promise you. Giggle. 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 She's giggling. 
I love outspotting the producer, Reese. It's not much, does it? It's fun. We got a yeah. fax. <laughs> I mean, you can carry on. <laughs> but yeah, it is next year. And I, I agree. I think seeing things like that will be interesting. I think Rebel will really try and take it to Mercedes. Um, it won't make much of a difference because I say the cars are pretty much this year's cars with a bit extra on them. Reese, what do you think? Do you think that we'll see a big difference or not? Uh, don't write off Ferrari. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, there'll have been a lot of angry Italian men after this year. Mm. And um, I feel like there'll be a lot of angry Italian men who are willing to bend some rules like they've been known to bend Ooh, rules. Oh, interesting. Past. So I'm saying Ferrari will probably make the massive jump and go back up to being a top three team with Red Bull and Mercedes, then closely followed by the, now the orange Mercedes, which will be McLaren, mm-hmm. and then the pink Mercedes, right, uh, and then so on and so forth. But yeah, don't write off Ferrari is, is what I'm saying. In that 40%, there could be a £100 million gone to paying off uh, an FIA person so that they can have faster fuel. Not that True. that's how fuel works. Faster fuel, but, yeah. they just, but fuel with more fast in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I hope next year, I mean, we've had an incredible season. I think that's fair to say. And I think the the fighting in the midfield is what's made this season so incredible and so good to watch. There's been that, that battle between, as you said, the top three, or not even the top three, the four third place, so third, fourth, and fifth has been really fierce this season. Um, I'd love to see Ferrari getting involved in that, like you say, Reese. So I'd love that to get more in depth, but I'd also love that to take the step up to Mercedes and to and to Red Bull as well. I just love a big old battle for, for the win. I, I want to nice. go into a race not knowing who's going to win it, which it feels like it's been a good while since that's been the case. Um, I'm hoping we'll get that next year. I don't necessarily think we will. I think Mercedes will continue being dominant. It's their car that they've made this season again next year. There's not enough development, I don't think, on the other end for other teams to catch up to that. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but like I say, this is going to be a really interesting season to watch because it's this This is the first time ever F1's kind of rolled over cars to another year. So in terms of that, we'll have to wait and see. They'll have to wait and see. The only but... positive about Ferrari being so far down mm. is the fact that they add a bit more flavour to the weekend. As Definitely. in, you, don't, you know that it's not going to go Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, like it has yeah. done for the previous two years. Definitely. Like, it, it's always a surprise where Vettel and uh, Leclerc finished. So I think for next season, I want to see them a bit more consistent, maybe in like fifth and sixth, even though that completely contrasts what my team want. Um, however, yeah. I, I, I do want to see, I do want to see them improve. I want to see them get a little bit more consistent. However, I wouldn't be mad if they didn't because it's exciting. Definitely, definitely is exciting, and I'm hoping we do get some good racing out of it and we get some good results out of it. Um, but yeah, Reef, you got anything else to add? You found any information about the cost cap? Um. Well, yeah, but it's not very clear to be honest. <laughs> I think it is coming in next year, but like I said, it won't have much of a difference next year, I don't think, because, as I said, most of the cars are going to be the same, so spending wouldn't be that much anyway. Well, most of the new rules are about them not having barge boards, the aerodynamics being changed, minimum Mm -hmm. weight of car increasing, minimum weight of engine increasing, but if you're using the same car that you've already made, then the cost gap doesn't really apply anyway, so... I think the only team that's going to have to really sort of change their car considerably you'd think would be mclaren going through an engine change aston martin aston martin well yeah but they're still sticking with the mercedes engines they're just rebranding and changing the, the livery in terms of actual car design 
you've got that the McLaren are going to have to mm. take that same chassis and rejig the back of it to change from a Renault engine to a Mercedes engine. I don't know how similar those are, I but I wouldn't be surprised if McLaren have a uh, penalty to start the season off with because they spent too much. You think? Because either either spending too much or using components that aren't necessarily allowed that don't fit into the forty percent, if you will. Mm. You know what I mean? Like to try and get the car ready for that that new engine. A new engine. It's like I don't know. It's like a crusty hand warmer trying to fit <laughs> on a big hand. Like it, it won't work. I have so, to say, um, I'm very disappointed with the cost gap that it isn't running as normal. That they're still, you know, using sixty percent of the car that they already have. Yeah. That that doesn't then change the cost gap. All you've done is route around it somehow. So that teams who already have an advantage still keep that advantage. I think it was originally put in place at the start of this season when it looked like it was going to be a real financial hit on the teams. And I'm sure it still has been. Um, obviously, we haven't had people going to races and things like that. So a lot of money on merchandise teams would have had. They haven't have had. They haven't had. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it was originally sort of designed to, to do and to mean that they could take what they've already got and carry it on next year and just like do a bit of development on it but they wouldn't have to spend loads of money building a new chassis was the idea but i i know what you mean but yeah it just seems counterintuitive sort of... to say that you've got a cost gap to bring teams that are at the back further forward yeah and then still give the teams that are further forward a 60 percent advantage yeah. Yeah, I, I of teams agree. who are at the it, back it, it doesn't make sense it'd make, a lot more, it'd make a lot more sense to come in with the new cars however it isn't but when you yeah, look at, I don't understand why. When you look either. at a team like Williams, though, that don't have enough money, they've got the worst car on the grid. To bring that up to spec with the other cars would be a lot of money they'd have to invest on top of what they've already got. If they have what but they already have and more information on that, they can develop a better car that can compete better. But that's the point, is that they don't have the money because they don't have the opportunity to be a front-running team oh, exactly. who can compete for championships, who can compete for so many different things. That Teams like Mercedes, who have so much money compared mm. to... Williams, Haas, who are at the back. I, I'm, I don't know. It's so counterintuitive. Yeah. I, I just, you can't call it a cost gap, and then no, still keep sixty percent of a car that's already. I think obviously hundred percent better than cars that are at the back. This season's a bit of a stopgap between these regulations and next year's and 2022's regulations, which obviously should have been 21 regulations. So that it's it's a bit of just a stopgap. What can we do to get a season in that will still be interesting enough to watch um but obviously you won't have the new downforce regulations won't have the new car designs um and obviously we'll have to see how that plays out we'll probably very quickly early on get a kind of idea if we've just sort of had a control c control v of last year um that's a copy and paste for those who aren't technical <laughs> computers. yeah well they've just sort of copy and pasted this year in it's the same standing same performance but um yeah, it will change. We'll have to see what happens. I don't know. And I think it will be interesting because of that. We don't know. It could be the same. It could be that teams are able to build on each other very aggressively because they already know most of the car they've got. It'll be interesting reckon, to watch. I reckon realistically next season will be <clears throat> kind of a, a kind of the same as this season. I don't know where my, where my voice has gone. Too much podcasting. <laughs> um, um, however, um, I think next season's the one which is really going to can be hard and spicy yeah next feel, season after the season yeah. after the next season yeah i agree i think next season the teams who are already at the back are going to suffer so much because yeah, of that and be teams tricky. who are at the front are going to be so much quicker i can't remember which race it was but there was one race this season where 10 cars were lapped 
only the top 10 were doing it that's something i think we'll see all season because yeah i i don't know i just it's gonna like i say it's gonna be one of them things it could be a really boring season it could be a really good season we don't know until we get there uh and obviously that is something we'll have to do in the new year when we do our season preview and we look forward uh from testing to see what we can get out of the cars next march um so quickly one last thing before we go um i want you guys to score this season out of 10 with me um i want you just give me a, a score out of 10 of how you think this season has been and and how you, what you think we've achieved obviously 17 races which we didn't even think we'd get at the start of the season is a good start on its own so just give me a score out of 10 a little sentence as to why you think it deserves that reese going to you first um nine uh, Ooh, the only way it'd be a 10 is if Mercedes weren't dominant and that everyone, like they were switching wins. It's a nine because it was good to see drivers on unfamiliar tracks that they don't know, like the back of their hand, often on some of them only having one day of practice on it. <coughs> <laughs> I think Reese is. <laughs> it was a very empty room. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Reese. <laughs> um, we got we got most of that. Don't worry. It sounded did like you get, a dog did you get the gist? Coffee. Did you get the gist? We got the most it of it. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining, definitely. Um, Ruth, what would you give it out um, of ten? I'd give it a seven. Okay, it was interesting. Mercedes were dominant. That sucks. No one likes to watch that all the time. The overall, they were much closer to each other, which did make it interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just Mercedes dominance just instantly whacks Stales three points bit. off because it's just so hard to watch races that you know the outcome of. Mm. Right. Well, I think I'm going to go in between the two of you then. Reese gave a nine, you give a seven, I'll give an eight. I think it, it was a very good season and I think it was a, it was great racing, like you said, Reese, on some great circuits, which was, was really nice to have back in the calendar. But at the same time, I take your point, Ruth, that it was not nice to see Mercedes being at... I mean, the championship wasn't even up for debate from race one. Um, a good season needs to have that championship battle in there. That championship battle, especially for the win, wasn't there. For third place, it very much was. And I think that's why it's still an eight, because it was a very good battle for some of the lower positions in the championship. But in terms of one and two, that was always cemented. I think Mercedes were even going to be challenged for that seventh world title, which made it a bit stale. Um, but... Obviously, stuff we hope will be fixed in the future and maybe 2022 will be that 10 out of 10 season. Who knows? But either way, I hope you guys will be there to enjoy it with us. Um, So with that said, that brings us to the end of this season of the F1 Rearview podcast. Thank you to everyone that has listened this year and everyone that has taken part in any sort of audience stuff we've done. And watched, obviously. That's that's, yeah, we're on YouTube. You can watch us as well. Um, it's Twitter, been really, tweet, really fun tweet. making it. It's been a real fun. It's been loads of fun, really fun, very fun, extremely fun making it. Um, and we'll be back with you next year for more F1 review action. Thank you so much to my co-hosts Ruth and down the line Reese for um, doing this with me once again. We said about it last in the last episode. It means so much for you guys coming and doing this with me. So I appreciate it so much. Um, and I think with that. That's it done. The F1 Review Podcast Season 1 is a wrap and I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we'll see you in 2021. All right, 2021? That's next year, isn't it? Well, perfect. Well, thank you very much. As always, I've been Tom. 
I've been producer Reese. I've been Reese. Oh, we've got it right for once. Well done, guys. I thought for the last for the last time. It's nice. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Bye. Uh, Are we all waving? Fade to black. Fade to black. Fade to black. Thank you.